let's talk about the movie now enough of this chit chat i liked one thing about the movie a lot that they showed how dark that incident was the fact that they were raped and made an example of by hanging yeah so apparently there was some dispute of some sort and basically what they these high caste people did was to teach them a lesson and to make an example like you said they kidnapped these girls and next day they were found uh, raped and murdered and hanging from the trees just to show everyone that if low caste people speak up this is what we will happen to them so pretty drastic the high caste people do it with such impunity they know that the law will not touch them there's just no hope for justice and that was the most stark thing about the movie everyone knows and nothing happens the ending of this movie was contrived to put together some nice resolution of these culprits being brought to justice but in truth there wasn't such a clear resolution there are two or three things going on one is possibly we are very cynical about india and the possibility of justice in especially in such far flung regions of the country the second is bollywood is known to have a reputation for happy endings and the third thing is the story being told that way feels too neat so when they show an ending like that my question always is if it's true that's great and then i want to know it but if i'm left not knowing that then i'm just very very skeptical here is the dilemma with a story like this hmm dilemma dilemma of a story like this if you claim that this is based on a true incident then there is only so much poetic license you can take with the story you can't say i change the ending you can't say i change the characters completely so there are limits to what you can fictionalize the once you start saying it's a true story especially more sensitive an issue more divisive it is more radical it is more you have to be very careful about the conclusions you are trying to draw from it right imagine if this was a story in this country about similar injustices on a minority group like blacks you would not be permitted to end the movie without really saying whether this happened or not yeah so in this particular case they started out by trying to make a movie about a very divisive caste based violent incident they put a nice ending to it but never did they point out what happened to the true story and even if they were trying to use this single true story to make a larger point about society they did not conclude with how many violent crimes happen against um, dalits or lower caste in india only in passing does the protagonist say or oh, two thirds of the population of india are dalits and backward classes that's it the whole movie is about discrimination against them there is no claim made of the scope of the problem in india people complain and i uh, have to say there is merit to that complaint that there are so many reservations in government sector jobs and you know a lot of it is also imposed on the private sector of the economy that admissions to colleges and job quotas and various incentives from the government all these are provided what's the big deal now they just have to pull up their socks and get on with it so 
and i understand that because that actually puts a huge burden on the middle classes in india and it's the middle class who who can improve their lot and make economic progress through admissions to good educational institutions and through jobs and often even secure a retirement because you have a good decent government job this person comes along and by virtue of their designation in some cases that person might even be economically better off than you are and they just come along and say hey here's my certificate i'm scheduled caste scheduled tribe or other backward class or this minority that take away the opportunity from under your nose so there is that criticism so how are we resolving this i think growing up in middle class in india and having a western liberal education in english and specifically having this framework of meritocracy that is justifiably attractive to middle class in india like if you work hard and you get into the right college through free and fair uh, entrance exams and that is a meritocratic way of getting a decent education and getting a decent job so equality of opportunity is the vision that was prevalent and still prevalent among middle class in india that are aspiring to be richer i believe in it i believed in it completely and how that reflected in my thinking when i was in college was that i would look at it and say oh all the scst class students did not get into iit fairly because they were allowed to let in through lower standards uh, they did not have to work as hard they did not have to be as smart as others and that is the dominant conversation the narrative that they don't deserve to be in these high value opportunities because they don't deserve those opportunities they haven't earned it through their own merit that's the deepest moral criticism for uh, reservations in india that is true and i still believe in it the challenge however is that we are blind to the privilege of even the middle class in india and the rich in india the fact that we went to english medium schools the fact that we were able to get an opportunity to even graduate from a high school with good teachers those are all privileges that we fought for our parents fought for and sacrificed there are millions of people in india who don't even have those as a starting point so this idea of equality of opportunity which is at the base of you know meritocracy extends only to a cluster of people in india that are already able to go to rich schools english speaking schools already have parents who have sacrificed to put you through a decent tutorial program or whatever so i think that was the blindness of caste when i was there uh, younger self now i look at it and say okay so we gave reservations to millions of people who benefited from it some benefited from it justifiably they generally came from backgrounds that did not have an opportunity at all ambedkar actually is a good example of that he came from a dalit caste and he was able to go get an education in england 
right, which was not paid for by him, but by others. So he's an example of somebody who, given an opportunity, was able to capitalize on it. And we should all be grateful for the opportunity he got. Otherwise, a mind like his would not have influenced the nation like India. On the other hand, we also see people who, after a generation or less, start making sure that others don't get into the system or they start bending the law or the rules to their own self, whether people who fake it to become a scheduled tribe, a lot of incidents of that, or once given an opportunity for the rest of their careers, continue to be objectively less competent than others, right? Like you hear about the cases where you know, doctors and professors who come through SCSC track are not deemed to be as competent as their peers who did not come through that. So that's where it gets really muddy. Equality of opportunity becomes separate track where they get a free pass for the rest of their career. So the issue in, of caste in India and reservation in India is super complicated. Uh, I think the knee-jerk framework of meritocracy is, is not enough, not good. But the alternative of affirmative action taken all the way to quota system and bringing them to separate tracks of professions for the rest of their careers where their competence is often in doubt at every step of the way is also not good. So therein lies a dilemma for our society, I think, where uh, these are two competing visions and we haven't solved for it. At the deepest level, I think why we haven't solved for it is that reservations is such an easy trick. We don't have to actually be friends with these people. We don't actually have to know their lives. We don't have to get to know what exactly are the injustices they're facing in their daily lives step by step. In fact, this in some sense actually promotes more conflict and resentment. That's, that's exactly right. So reservations is a cheap trick to see whether we can deal with the Dalit issue by throwing a set of special opportunities and tracks and say, there, we gave you a special class, now go enjoy. Versus the hard problem of, are you going to actually become friends with this person? Are you going to let your daughter date a Dalit? Are you going to actually sit and eat with this person? And even that is not enough if you really want to bring down the caste divide. As Ambedkar said, that if you think that intercaste eating and intercaste marriages is going to fix the issue of caste in India, you're mistaken. His view actually was that you have to question the very segregation of Hindu society based on Varn system, which means that you have to question your religious belief very deeply, the Sanskritis and the traditions, and question the very partitioning of the caste. If you don't question that, then all you're doing is throwing these easy, specific programs at people that you always deem to be inferior and you're never questioning the basis on which you are making them inferior. And that is partly the conflict that I see that people in India still haven't faced. I haven't faced because I did not face it when I was a young man. I'm facing it now at least by looking at the alternatives. Uh, what the criticism from other quarters is of the current allegedly meritocratic system of India. So this caste blindness is something that I think we all have to be self-aware of, particularly Indians 
who are English speaking, rich, middle class to upper middle class, and most of all, our peers who are diaspora from India. Wow, that's a lot uh, to parse. A couple of things that I want to get into, but before that, let me ask you this. You grew up in Delhi pretty much, and then you went to college in Delhi. Do you remember a single caste-related incident that you either witnessed or were involved in? That's a very interesting question because on the face of it, I can't come up with one single example. On the other hand, I think I experienced dozens of examples every day that I didn't realize were caste-related. So it's very dichotomous. I'll give you an example. I grew up in Jamazid in an old multi-generational old house where they did not have running water. Okay. The latrines were what they called dry latrines. Every day, a group of Dalits or lower caste, Mehtaranis they were called, who would come in, climb two flights up and go to the dry latrine and clean it every day. Right? And we would be just comfortable with that. We would say, of course, this is their job. They come in. Right? Please stay out of the way. Don't touch them. Don't let them touch you because it's a filthy work they have to do. And we pay them, of course. And they were from a lower caste. And once a day, in my childhood, I would see one or two women, sometimes children, teenagers or sometimes even younger, and never thought twice about it. Okay, but I'd like to push back on that because that is not necessarily a caste lens. You can be... A witness to that and you can watch that happening and nobody has to mention the word caste and it can go on and here's what I mean by that um, that's a profession obviously nobody wants to do you have to be economically in a situation where you're willing to do that to earn money and let's say somebody could say that has nothing to do with caste you're just economically you know, in a situation where you're willing to take on that task, you're that poor, and you don't have any other skills, nor hope of gaining a, any other skills to do that. And the not touching or not going near them could simply be explained by hygiene. And a lot of it is. So people will say that, you know, we don't let them use our utensils, or we don't let them touch this or that, because, you know, they're poor, they live in slums, they are dirty and there's, you know, risk of infectious diseases. So there is a whole hygiene related and, and meritorious explanation for keeping the status quo. So you could have witnessed that and never have heard the word caste and it would still be, you know, completely okay. So that's my point, actually. The reason I asked that question is I only remember becoming aware of caste at age 10 because somebody openly asked me what my caste was and this was because in those days there was very little mobility my father was transferred to Madras and on the first I don't know first day of school or second day or whatever somebody just came up to me and said what is your caste and I was like what I had no idea and, and that's not to say that there is no caste system in North India we know very well it is very prevalent but this, you know, need to know because here's somebody who's come from another region, you don't know who they are, you need to size them up, 
and you absolutely need to know what their cast is that hit me between the eyes in such a strong way that was my first awareness and it's funny because i have not witnessed any incidents that are cast related but of course it's all there it just is so prevalent that we don't really have to even talk about it it's understood it will all be taken care of it's understood don't bother to concern yourself with it the other part is the only time it really becomes an issue is when a lower caste person questions it or crosses lines there's a intercaste marriage you know what that can result in all sorts of violence even or it comes up in the context of quote unquote reservations so i want to pick up on so, two points you make first one is that you can witness a lower caste dalit cleaning latrines and not view it as a caste incident i actually agree with that the irony yep. is that it is entirely caste driven because all the example and the rationales you gave are technically true intellectually possible but we never question it on a sustained basis we don't say why is this woman who's cleaning my latrine once a day still cleaning my latrine 10 years later and why is their 10 year old daughter still cleaning the latrine and not getting a chance to go to school why is it that today she might be filthy and that's why i'm being asked to stay out of her way but tomorrow when i see her on the street corner relatively clean and well dressed i'm not allowed to talk to her or have a conversation with her that to me is really the insidious part of the caste that once we come up with framework of purity some of it is purity that can be justified because the person is dealing with latrine but most of the time it is a purity that is much deeper than the work it is a purity of the person uh, where you can never treat them as capable of being pure that is the deepest issue with caste where to your point we are questioned and asked occasionally such as hey are you a kshatriya or what gotra are you and those actually are intellectual clarification of caste that happens very little and especially in the cities i don't think it happens that openly it does happen i'm sure but you can a lot of people who are educated will pretend that that doesn't happen openly but that is not the real issue of caste the real issue of the caste is we are blind to the people who we see as doing impure tasks and we deem these people to be fundamentally impure not capable of ever being pure and that is deeply religious that is deeply hindu that is deeply tradition bound and hide bound and and that is the part that no one questions i didn't question it till much later in life and even today people have hard time truly questioning it and in fact i think western frameworks of liberal education get in the way because it is so easy for us to come up with a checklist of 10 reasons why this person is currently impure doesn't have economic opportunity and therefore is doing the best they can and 
Ironically, if you ask those people over time, they have assumed their status so internally and so completely that they would protest when given an opportunity. I remember that very often the Dalits or some of the people who were scavenging the human waste would fight and protest if you tried to implement a flush latrine in the house because that will mean that their livelihood will disappear. And that's and of course that's understandable because you know they have been relegated to those tasks and that is the only source of economic um you know means that they have and forget caste they just want to survive so i understand that there are two things that you said that led me to a couple of other threads which i think are very important you know this idea that we are blind to it because we grew up high caste middle class got the opportunities of good education and were able to get out i see that and that's very important what i don't like and you said this too and i i object to it is this language of sacrifice of our, you know that our families made or our parents made and you know for us i i don't buy that for a millisecond i don't think that there was sacrifice that is not to say that our parents didn't work hard and that is not to say that our families didn't make sure we got the best of the best that was possible that doesn't mean that they didn't cut back on other things to make sure that you know we were educated they absolutely prioritized education of the children over other things uh, which i think makes economic sense and it it is absolutely the rational thing to do and they did it in for the betterment of us and of course we are grateful to it i don't buy the language of sacrifice because i don't think there is sacrifice there i think those trade offs are normal rational and self interested and they make sense and we are of course grateful they did that in india to take those kind of trade offs and use the word sacrifice when the rest of the country is dealing when the rest of the castes and classes who are less fortunate are dealing with such terrible choices that they have to make on a daily basis just sounds a little too privileged to me and then the second point i want to make is i have been guilty of this and i meet people uh even in america the indian diaspora in america who will use that language of sacrifice and then the second thing they go on to say is hey i worked so hard to get here and i find that a little bit objectionable too not the fact that they have worked hard of course they worked hard we all worked hard but as if they have earned everything that is theirs today and that's just not right i mean to not see your own privilege to not see the opportunities that were handed to you you know on a platter to not see how the accident of your birth has played such an important role in where you are today is to just be privileged and blind and you know there there's a lot of conversation in this country about white privilege which to some extent i understand and to some extent i think it's is just ridiculous because the white race is not a uniform class in india if you're born middle class or above you're from a relatively high caste or higher caste your parents have prioritized education you by you know whatever luck of the draw on the genetic side were reasonably smart you know of course you put in the work as well you went to a decent college you know and decent i don't mean iit or something it could be 
any decent college which provides a you know a decent education you know you have english language skills and you had access to reasonable education or technical uh, education opportunities and you were able to get a visa and come here or maybe you're still living there and you have a decent job because you know indian market did open up to provide good job opportunities after the early 90s your your self talk about how your hard work has done all of this is just specious i just don't buy that it is to actually ridicule and minimize the real hard work that other people do and then amount to nothing because the barriers are structural the barriers are multigenerational the barriers are uh so completely institutionalized that there is no hope you know those are the things i'd like to point out so couple of thoughts first of all i agree with you on the tricky language of sacrifice and here is the piece that i agree with and here is the piece that gets tricky the fact that we use the language of sacrifice to justify our accomplishments right i think is just a language of saying i put in the work this is earned right and ultimately the fact that our parents put in the work and made the bets that education would be good for economic mobility that if we got um english education in a decent college it will be a ticket to a better livelihood that i agree with you that need not be called sacrifice that is a calculation made out of love and a values of middle class which says what can i do to make sure that my children have a better life i also agree with you is tricky is that within caste and within a class both those trade offs are possible and therefore there is a calculation possible that if you are in upper caste or relatively better caste and you have a shot at economic mobility through educational investment i agree we shouldn't be calling it sacrifice but that calculation makes sense within the family within the group and we are all beneficiaries of that the part that i agree completely with you is what happens when you try to cross the caste lines then no amount of sacrifice among the dalits is going to make them economically better because of the barriers that have been put across the caste lines so that language of saying oh why don't you also sacrifice a bit more and you also put some more education and you will get there is wrong because of the point you make about institutional barriers are so strong in fact coming back to ambedkar ambedkar defined caste very different from race and defined class very different from caste he said caste is where you live and die within that group and there is no exit path there is no way out you can't earn your way out you can't work your way out you can't buy the social prestige so it is so completely closed off a group i think he uses the term endogamous to define what caste really means that is what makes it so pernicious and he actually calls out that 
couple of things that makes caste exist across generations in India, which is different from race or class in other societies, is that these groups have no ability to do direct action, political, economic, social, that will change their outcome. They are so powerless. And second, and they have believed in their own powerlessness for so long that they don't even try it. That is really disheartening. And coming back to Article 15, the entire project of Constitution of India that he drafted, three pillars of liberty, fraternity, and equality that he frames his entire constitution around, Constitution of India around, is designed at the deepest level to break the lock of caste through the constitutional process. At the heart of it, it is an attempt to break the caste structure of India. There's a separate and longer conversation whether we have succeeded in India in constitution being that structure that has successfully broken the caste system or not. One could argue that we have barely made an end. But that was his vision. And that's why it is, you have to question the institutional casteism that is embedded in our daily lives. Yeah, I would agree with that. This was really great. I loved our discussion about caste. Um, I think this was really about Ambedkar and annihilation of caste and how it endures versus Article 15, which is fine. But right now we should take the doggies for a walkie. By the way, is heavy breathing allowed on the mic? Like <sighs> We can either edit it out or we can amplify it based upon your intended outcome. Thank you.